I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. This week, we welcome back Amy Nobley, the founder of Love Amy, a dating concierge service based in New York City that helps you find love. Did you know that amazing people are disguised as mediocre profiles all over these dating apps? And today, Amy will show us how to sort through profiles like a pro, clarify our core values, and why we shouldn't be so quick to judge. She'll share why it's important to show who you are every step of the way and how to put the fun back into dating. Showing up as yourself, not your representative, will make you shine and stand out from the rest. When we come back, Amy will discuss her strategies for finding love online, and she'll encourage you to laugh at yourself when you make mistakes and why it's crucial to have a little self-compassion for yourself. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Amy Novely is an entrepreneur and mother of two who married young and divorced after 20 years of marriage. In the process of starting over, she found love on Bumble, recently got engaged, and created a whole new life for herself. Her online dating journey made such an impact that Amy decided to share with others what worked for her, and thus, Love Amy was born. She's different from most dating coaches because she takes a holistic, inside-out look at who you are and what makes you unique, helps you narrow in on your core values, and zone into who you truly want to attract. Amy is a successful author who's published four books. Love Amy has been featured in the New York Times, Business Insider, and the Today Show. Amy is back to share how to be successful in online dating and ultimately how to find love. Hey, Amy, I'm so excited to have you back on Shot at Love today. Hey, Carrie. Oh my gosh, I lost count of how many times we've uh, chatted and it's just always so much fun. I'm so psyched to be here. It's so fun. I'm, I was thinking about it today. I'm like, back by popular demand, Amy Nobly. <laughs> it's, yep, COVID's done. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> totally. So you're a serial entrepreneur, but your joy and your life's purpose has been helping people find love. And it all goes back to your story. You found yourself thrown into this dating world and you did everything wrong, like myself initially. Mm -hmm. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about your story and what you learned about yourself through this life-changing process? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I hear this a lot now from friends and clients. I just thought love would find me again. You know, I, I, I chose a partner who was great when I was 25. And then in my 40s, it just didn't work anymore. And as I do with most things in my life, I kind of took this contrarian view. I was, I, I said, you know, this, let, let's make this an adventure. I, everybody said that they would set me up and nobody did. And, you know, you go into a Starbucks and you look like a freak if you'd start talking to people and, and it just was bizarre. And so I just figured I would try the apps and it just was not working the way that I wanted it to work. It really did dawn on me that we're trying to infuse real life energy into these apps, right? Like when you're at a dinner party and you meet someone good, bad, or ugly, it's sort of like, oh, wow, you can feel their energy. And we're trying to feel energy by swiping on pictures and looking at some words and it just doesn't work the same way. So once I figured that out, I was like, okay, hold on. I'm sure there are great people here. They might not appear to be what I want, but they're probably there. 
So then I devised sort of a different way of sorting, looking at the profiles, and it started to slowly get better. And I started to slowly you know, find some really great people. That's so good. You know, I think about your attitude and I had the same attitude as well. I never had a problem meeting someone before and I can understand mm-hmm. why you would say love will find me. Yeah. And, and I really do in a way blame Disney for, for that mindset. You know, <laughs> we're, we're never taught. I'm just astounded. We're never taught from an early age. You know, we're taught math and English and history. Why are we not taught sort of relational skills and emotional maturity skills and how to talk about feelings? And so it's just, it it sort of blew my mind that we're all on our own here and we're trying to navigate these waters. And that's a lot of the work I do with my clients too, is sort of unpacking all of that. Right. It was astounding to me that I need information. Like you give me the cheat sheet, you give me the cliff notes. Mm -hmm. Give me the bullet points. I will do it. I will follow the instructions. No one wants to go on these dating apps and fail miserably and just have their spirit broken. Mm -hmm. And how was there no information? I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then you talk to all your friends and they'd say the same thing. Oh, well, someone will just set you up or put yourself out there and go to more events. And I used to be like, is it because I'm an artist that no normal person (laughs) with a normal job wants to date me? Or none of my friends want to set me up? No one sets anyone up. It's funny to me how people delineate, like they categorize the apps over here and then how to meet people in real life over here. Well, here's a newsflash. The same people are on the apps. (laughs) They're just disguised in like really kind of eh, profiles. And so that's the miscommunication here is that we, we have to realize that it's all, we're all one and the same. It doesn't really matter how you meet someone, as long as you're open and the light is on and you're enthusiastic and you have great energy around it, you know, the apps just get such a bad rap and it's sort of on a mission to sort of demystify it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I love how you talk about the energy piece because it is all around the energy. All we are is energy yep. and, yep. and your attitude all of it. It matters so much. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to a girlfriend and, you know, I do four information calls a week. I purposely, I refuse to do video calls. I only do phone because I, I judge whether to take a client on based on their energy because you can feel it. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they live. The most successful clients I can predict with precision, how successful they're going to be by how positive or negative their energy is. It's so true. That's yeah. it. So it's like when, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, people, we, we spend so much time ruminating over our looks or our weight or, oh, I'll date when, you know, I'll date when I lose 10 pounds. I'll date when I get a better job. I'll date when I, you know, you know, don't have this pimple, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. This is about the energy you emit. It really is sort of easy once you hone in on it to kind of flip the script. Yeah, it's so true. I can remember how I found you was I had a client say to me, do you know this person, Amy Nobley? She lived in in Hingham for a while and she's really pretty. It was funny how she described you. She was like, she's really pretty and she's got this great personality and she started this thing. And I thought the first thing I thought to myself was, just because she's really pretty and really awesome doesn't mean she didn't have a really hard time online. And, <laughs> you know, and so people, yeah. people just make assumptions and it's not, oh, yeah. it's really not about 
the appearance. It isn't. Yeah. No. And that's why I always say like dress down for the first date. Like, you know, just be you. Just yeah. if you're coming from a tennis lesson, then come from a tennis lesson. You know, I'm not saying like don't profusely sweat, but maybe, you know, dab your face and put some lip gloss on. I think we're so used to, again, it's the Disney phenomenon. We're so used to putting on masks literally and figuratively to try to appeal to our audience. And really it's so much easier than that. It's like, think of your best girlfriend, right? It's like the way that you talk to her, the way you feel around her, the way that you can just be goofy and authentic, you know, that's what people are attracted to. Yeah. And why, why not just cut to the chase? I mean, I work with clients all the time. Like, you know, these, these amazing, they have these amazing careers, this type A and blah, blah, blah. And like, all of a sudden I'll kind of tease out like that they have this crazy sense of humor and you wouldn't know it. And it's like, well, let's highlight that, you right, know? Right. People put too much emphasis on, and I see it at my studio, you know, it's like they come in, they spend all this money on hair, yeah. makeup, clothes, all those things. And I found myself doing this myself recently. I have to do a couple of speaking engagements and I'm like, I don't want to dress. I don't want to put on a dress. I really don't. Like <laughs> I, my back's been bothering me. I don't really want to wear heels. Yeah. I'm to the point in my life that what I have to say and what I bring to the table has to be enough that yeah. I don't want to twist myself and pretend to be somebody that I'm not because yeah. I'm in a different arena on a certain night or something. It just doesn't make sense to me anymore. And I'm glad yeah. for that. Like, I'm happy about that. Because when I first started dating, it was the spray tan, the blowouts, the outfit <laughs> choices, like all that. Yeah. And I know you started out that way too. And it was exhausting. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's great. It feels good to dress up when you're, you know, maybe you're on your third or fourth date and you, you know, if, if it feels good to you, do it. And I'm not suggesting to be like messy or be kind of unkept. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, you know, we all have that friend who is so magnetic and it's, she's just so grounded. And it really doesn't matter what she looks like. It's like, it's just, she walks in a room and she is magnetic. It's like, I always use like the, the Steve Corral example. Like I'm obsessed with him. And like every night, like by default, we'll be like, Hey, let's go visit the office and we'll watch an, you know, an episode mm. before bed. And I literally, my whole, when I was single, I was like, I just, please God, let Steve Carell walk into the room, you know? And it's just certain people have that thing. He's so handsome. And I photographed him for a cover. Oh, but like, I think I really want Michael Scott. That's the problem. I think if he walked <laughs> in as Steve Carell, I'd be like, oh, hi. But you know, like Seth Rogen's of the world. It's like the Jerry Seinfeld's of the world. It's like people become attractive based on the energy energy that they emit, period. Right. I know you have this Jerry Seinfeld theory, which is you're not going to swipe on Jerry, but you'd love to go out to dinner with him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine his dating profile? Be so, he'd be trying to land the joke, but it wouldn't land. Right. And then he'd have all these dorky pictures of him and his sneakers. And he would just sort of like try to be... And, you know, comedian, you'd be like, swipe left. And, um, yeah, but, but of course, my gosh, who wouldn't, who wouldn't, you know, and as soon as I use that example, you know, people kind of go, oh, okay. All right. I have to forgive the like, you know, crappy t-shirt that the guy is wearing or the, you know, the selfie in the gym. It's like, oh, I know, I know. But like, they just don't know any better. None of us know any better. <laughs> That's a piece that everyone's kind of figuring out. And, and one of the things that you say is, there's all these amazing people out there with mediocre 
profiles. It's disguised in mediocre profiles. It's so true. And once, once you kind of start to look at the apps that way, you know, it's like, think of like, you know, in your group of friends, think of like some of their, you know, significant others and they were on an app, I'm sure. And, you know, probably not the greatest presentation of themselves. It's just, I think we, we just need to get past that. And I always say, as long as they're in the zone, then swipe right. Why not? And what does that mean? It just means like they tick a few boxes. Okay. Whatever's important to you. So, okay. It looks like they have a good education. Okay. It looks like they have a decent job or, you know, yeah, they mentioned family in their profile. I like that. Like I only dated guys that had kids like exclusively, you know? So it's like, okay. And then their pictures are okay. And okay. That that's a yes for now, because 80% of who you swipe on is not going to match with you. And then the 20% that do 80% of those conversations will peter out. So this is just a numbers game. We just have to start somewhere. And so I'm just urging the audience listening, like just come from a bigger place of yes. And you can always unmatch someone if you were wrong, you know, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah. I love that coming from a place of yes. And it's so true because to be so critical and to be so judgy, <laughs> you know, you miss a lot of good people. Yeah. I mean, I think we're self-sabotaging in a lot of cases. It's like, we're coming from a place of fear. We have to realize that's what's happening, that, you know, you're looking for any excuse. You don't, it's just in your subconscious. You're kind of like, oh yeah, well this, then you go on a couple crappy dates from whatever app. And then it's like, oh, this doesn't work. And I hear it all the time. And when I really unpack it, it's just, oh, so you have a deep rooted fear of putting yourself out there and getting vulnerable and getting crushed because, you know, maybe you got crushed in in your past. So, so it really does take some courage and, you know, sit down with a girlfriend and do it together and put together your profile and, and have some fun with it and just giggle and see what happens. Right. And take a chance. And I think this goes around the fear. You know, what happens if I put in the profile that I can make people laugh by Irish step dancing at a party or, you know, like yeah. stupid things or I love Jeopardy by usually lose, but I love it. But, you know, yeah. give, give me a category like children's <laughs> names of stars. I'll get them all. Like it's a stupid category. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, literally, like one of my clients came in second for the job of the voice of Alexa. Like, how great is that? Oh, that's amazing. You know, like, I mean, hello. Or, you know, even if like I won my third grade spelling bee, I'm, I can still spell, you know, whatever it is. I mean. Just come up with something that's unique to you, that's funny and real and quirky. You yeah. know, what, what, what would your best friend say? Your best friend would be like, oh my God, ask her to do her fake British accent. It's amazing, you know? I just had this Oscar-winning actor on and he, he does more serious roles, but he does this fake, he does this like Ronald Reagan impression to make his wife laugh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like, amazing. I want to see it so badly. But everybody has something they can pull out yeah. of their pocket yeah. that makes people just stop in their tracks and die laughing. Well, and the thing is, like, what I, what I then hear is I can feel my client bristling. And then I hear, oh, but no one's going to like it. Like, I, I, I'm used to getting so many. I want as many likes as I can get because it feels really good. And of course it does. It's like a dopamine hit. It's like on Instagram, you get a million likes and you're so happy. But this is different. You know, we're, we, we don't want everybody to love our profile because then 
think about how much we have to sort through. And then, oh, we want to be so specific about who we are that it repels quite a bit of people. You know, it's like, oh, she's not a player. She's not going to play my game. Okay. Mm. She's, she, you know, she has in her profile, like excited to press start on my next chapter and laugh with a partner. You know, it's like we have to really not only be sort of willing to put ourselves out there and in what's unique to us and funny and goofy, but we also have to put out there, like put it out there. What do you want? Like put it in your profile and guess what? It's better if all of a sudden all the players out there are not, you know, like liking your stuff. Right. If you could use an example, like I say, I'm the Ted Lasso of dating coaches because I believe, like I believe in love, but that's, that's sta- awesome. that stays with people because everybody yeah. loves Ted Lasso. So if you can use something like looking for someone to watch, what's a favorite show of yours? Succession. Succession. So everyone's talking about Succession. Succession, I think, is like taking over Homeland. I can't even talk about it. Like I literally, I do this intake form. Like I interview my clients, it's 15 pages long. And one of the questions is, what's your favorite TV show? And anybody who puts succession, I literally just stop. I'm like, okay, we just need to talk about this now. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it like too dark to be like, I think I'm June Osborne in The Handmaid's Tale? I mean, like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I would maybe like, you know, finesse that a little bit. But, not, um, on a, not on online dating, maybe on my show. Yeah, I'm, I'm haunted by June in my, in my dreams. You know, love the show, but haunted by June. Um, you know, there's ways to tweak it. But- yeah, there's ways to tweak it. Like I would go into Gilead for anyone I loved. I don't know. Too extreme. But you're trying to attract your same kind of weird, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. And there's too much generic stuff out there. And yeah. I think people are just too afraid to... I think you gave an example. Someone put in that they do karaoke with their dad. And I was like, that is so yeah. fun. Yeah, we, we kind of are... We're just trying to like project the vision of ourselves that we think men want. And I think I may have mentioned this in a past episode, but like I did, I was like party girl. I was like party girl, Amy, when I first put my profile together, I wrote like nothing. Like Mm. what? It was like all these party pictures and it's like, oh, no wonder I was attracting, you know, like players and party guys. Just and and if you're stumped, ask ask your best friend to do it with you because your best friend will be like, oh my god, like you can organize, you know, like nobody else or whatever you're, you know, whatever you're good at. I know one of my friends. She says she's like Julie McCoy on the Love Boat. <laughs> oh, amazing! By the way, like that's an awesome reference because it's like we want someone who knows the reference, and we know then that she's going to be an awesome date. She's going to plan it. She's going to host it. Like, that's awesome. I love that. It's so good. So these random and funny things, we get it. We love it. We're fine with it. But we also were in the trenches as single mothers doing it. Mm -hmm. So all the things that we teach and say, we lived it. Like, this isn't, we're not just Mm -hmm. like reading this in a magazine we know from our life experience that this stuff works. Yeah. What you found out about yourself when you were portraying yourself as like a real housewife of New York or whatever, you, you know, this party girl. <laughs> oh, hardly, <laughs> not even. It was like, I don't even Paris know. Paris Hilton, whatever there. you were doing. But um, <laughs> that's so great. And you said, this is a lot of work. It doesn't feel good. And you are tuned into energy. So then you totally flipped the script yeah. and you approach things differently. And because you did that, you got Mm -hmm. a lot of attention. So tell me what you learned when you flipped the script. 
Yeah. When I flipped the script, it kind of gave me permission to not only show up in my profile the way that is just authentically me, but then show up on the date, you know? And I mean, if you put in your profile, I may or may not be carrying fake teeth right now on on our first date. (laughs) Well, I I do. And and they were in my purse. And, you know, then I juxtapose that with, you know, excited to press start on my next chapter and find a partner who feels like home. And so, you know, it just, it, it, it felt better. And, and I was able to lean into it right away. And my dates just were different. Also, looking at dating, like we're on the same team. Like the first question I would sit down, I would always get there early. That's a big tip. Get there early before your date, 15 minutes, you sit down, you set the energy, bring a journal, you know, bring a book, whatever. And I would sort of breathe into that. And then whoever sat in front of me, it didn't even matter who they were. My first question, I would, I would lead and I would say, Oh my gosh, hi Mike. Like how's online dating going for you? This is awkward, right? Mm. And it just automatically diffused the whole, it, it, you know, it wasn't about being interviewed. It was like, hey, we're on the same team, you know, and all of a sudden you're getting all kinds of information from like good, bad or ugly, which is great because you need to know, like, is he an optimist, a pessimist? Is he talking trash? Is he like, it's, it sort of reframed the whole experience for me. And it, it was, then I could be warm and I could be friendly and I wasn't worried about being chosen. It was just literally like human connection, no expectation, you know, and I find that approach is, is, is so much better. I love that. It's so nice. Your energy, like I can, as soon as I got on the phone with you today, you're like, how are you doing? Like, what is going <laughs> on? And you're doing all these things. And, and I think it's so nice to ask about them. And how's this journey mm-hmm. going for you? Like, yeah, people don't do that. They do not do that. Right. And I'm also like, I have a whole tutorial on flirting. Like people are obsessed. My clients are obsessed with learning how to flirt as, as if it's like learning Mandarin. I'm like, well, here's a newsflash. <laughs> flirting, <laughs> flirting is like warmth and validation. And it really is true. It's like, and it's as long as you're genuine about it, it's like looking at someone and saying, wait, wait, you went to China for two years. Like, tell me about that. That's incredible that you taught English for two. Wow. You know, and as long as it's coming from that real place, it's like no different than if you're talking to a girlfriend. So that's a really good tip. And then if someone said they went to China for two years, like I would say, I haven't even gone to China and Epcot. Like I would just be so like, (laughs) I would go with that far. You know, that's insane to me, but I would make a big deal about that and how adventurous they were. Totally. And another, another good tip is like, ask questions that you wish people would ask you, you know, like I would go into every day, like kind of psyched because I was going to engineer the date. (laughs) I was like, I was going to ask questions that I wish people would ask me so that I could learn something or see if we're aligned, you know, Mm. like for me, personal growth is so important. It's like the epicenter of my world. It's like, how am I bettering myself? How am I growing? How am I growing my spirituality? And I didn't, it's not like I needed the guy to, you know, like be a monk, but like, I really wanted someone who at least had a glimmer in their eye of like, oh yeah, you know, not someone who was like, oh, I've never been to therapy. I'm good. All is good. You know, I wanted someone to say like, oh yeah, I've been working on that. Or I've been reading some cool books about, you know, like Buddhist philosophy or, you know, public speaking, or I'm trying to be good at better at X, Y, Z. It could be anything like just personal growth, you know? ask the questions that you, you wish people would ask you and be truthful. Like, and I do this with my clients and new clients and I know when I lose them, you know what I mean? Like I say the Mm -hmm. truth. The reason why I do that is because I'm trying to 
get them to break down this mm-hmm. exterior so that I can shoot the person. So yep. even if they don't love what I said, they still can appreciate that that's my truth. So it's really not anything bad. And I think people, they're so afraid to rock the boat. Yeah, because it's coming from a place of wanting to be chosen. Yeah. Like we have to like break that down and we have to kind of get rid of that. It's like, you know, you and I are both woo, which is awesome. And I love yeah. that I can talk about this, but like the universe really does have your back. If this doesn't work out, it's for a reason. And so true. you're not going to miss what's meant for you. Like I always say to my clients, you could vomit on the table and be like, oh my God, and still get married if that's your person. Like there's nothing you can possibly do, you know? So it's like, we're so hung up on what to wear and what to, and what to say. And da, da, da. it's like, nope, nope, nope. There is such a larger plan. Like you might as well just show up as you and have fun. Like, yeah. why not? Why yeah. not? Why make it painful? It doesn't have to be. How great would it be to find the love of your life? The man of your dreams. Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path that you're worth it and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. Well, one of the things that you do, which I think is really bold, and I think it, it's slightly controversial, but I think you get to a point when you're a little bit older, I think people listening who are 20, 30 might think a little differently. But one of the things that you say is that your profile should reflect where you are in life. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have reservations about being so direct. Tell us why this will serve you and help weed people out. Yeah. You mean like just put it in your profile that you're looking for your person and you want to build a family, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, think about it. Time is money. And if someone doesn't want a family, I don't want to be out paying for a babysitter with someone who wants to wait and see for 10 years. People are so afraid to put it out there because they're afraid of scaring people off. Well, I'm like, here's the thing. That's not your person. It's okay. You're not going to be for everybody. Let's, let's get really specific. We don't have all day. We don't have a year like to just kind of like sort and sift. It's like, let's be really specific. And you can do that in a playful way. And you know, you don't have to put it in your profile in a very serious way. You can say like, you know, looking to have my last first date, looking to like, you know, to, to build a family and laugh filled with laughter. It's like you can word it so that it's fun and light, but it's, it's getting the point across. And I think it's, I've seen way more success with clients who the more specific they get about what they want. It's fantastic. That's amazing. Now I love talking about the photography piece because yeah, 
I'm a professional photographer, obviously, <laughs> and I know the, <laughs> how important this element is with online dating. Yeah. You are in the trenches and you know a lot about what's working and what's not. One of the things that you saw was when you had them include a photograph that they were maybe afraid to include. If they mm-hmm. included it, they got a better response. Can you talk about that? I think we're so conditioned again to like want the most likes. And I, you know, I've, I've had some like, you know, head to heads with clients over the sort of sexier pictures, the, the party girl pictures, the bikini pictures. It's like, they know they get a really good response when they put them up there, but, but it, are, are they attracting the right people? And I think, I think the most important part, and I think you and I both probably agree on this is the sparkle in the eye. It's like, it's just, it's the same, it's energy. It's like when you meet someone in person and they have that special spark, it really is not about the color of what they're wearing or showing skin. It's like, it's just that sparkle. So like the most important picture is that lead picture. And it's oftentimes it's outside and they're like kind of looking off camera and they're laughing or, or they're inside. But I'm sure I'd love to hear from you. Like, how do you get that from someone you have, we have to pull it out. I mean, it's taking pictures is like the worst thing. People hate it. Yeah, they do. They do hate it. But if they trust me, I can show that in the eyes. The eyes have it all day long. Yes. So the guest right before your episode, I looked at his images and there was such a kindness in his eyes. Mm. And I told him that. And mm. you can hear how kind he is in the latest episode. But it also reflects in his eyes, in his photographs. Yeah. Same with your photographs. So when you put up your posts on Love Amy and you're just like, this is me, wherever, on my porch, this is what I have to say. But you are pretty grounded and you're just like, this is me (laughs) wherever I am. And I think that's the key is it's not arrogant. It's just a confidence in being grounded with you, with your images, like you live your truth. You know, I was divorced. I am in love. And you see the love in those Mm -hmm. photographs. You see the love with your children. You see the love, you know, if you have a dog, you can see all the answers in the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I really don't like using filters and, and people still do them. I think less so now with on the apps, but, mm. but they're still there. And why are we trying to, to sort of blow out like, you know, sort of what we, our face actually looks like, or we're just trying to attain this sort of weird perfectionistic image that doesn't, it looks weird. And whenever I post, I, you know, never ever use filters. I think I, I just don't really allow my clients to use filters either. And it's just trying to drill down. And once I can get them to laugh, you know, like really laugh, like from a real place, mm-hmm. that's, that's the magic too. Cause then you kind of see that gleam. People want realness. They want a real person. It's not about mm-hmm. perfection. I don't know how we got here. I think it's changing with the pandemic. Do you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, we, we talked during the pandemic, we had talked through that episode and that was, gosh, so much fear was going on. And now it's like, I think people are so, they're even more aware of how short life is. They're even more aware that, wow, how many summers do I actually have left? You know, kids are getting older. It's like, no matter what phase you're in, 
we're faced with this reality now and what are we going to do? You know, I mean, love is arguably the most important thing in life. Totally. And yet we feel the most ill-prepared to find it and we have the most fear around it. So it's like, there's, there's a big bridge here. (laughs) But if you can get over that fear and if you can get these tips and this information, you and I both feel that you can feel chemistry over text. Totally. I want to talk about texting because this is where a lot of people fall down on the job. Like they've definitely, they could do a lot better in this area. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, besides the taking of the photos, but the next, you know, kind of like, Oh God moment is, Oh, the banter. I just, I don't like the banter. I really am bad at it. I spend a lot of time on it, like banter one-on-one with my clients. And it's really not, that difficult. It's no different than the kind of banter that you do on text with your girlfriend, with a good friend. Mm-hmm. It feels a little weird because you don't know this person, but we have to start somewhere. No one's real until you meet them in person. You can totally unmatch them at any point. You know, I think people are paralyzed. So they, they it end up being very robotic in the banter. And it's more just like have your opener, whatever it is, like a set opener, like your opener, and it should relate to something you're interested in. So for instance, I have a client here in New York and she loves pizza. Like pizza is her thing. So like her opener will always be like, hey, Dan, what's your favorite pizza in New York? At the very least, she's going to get a new idea out of it. Or where's your favorite brunch spot? Or I have a client in LA, you know, hey, Mike, what's your favorite outdoor sport to do in LA? Because she's all about surfing and, and hiking. And so have like a set opener. And that automatically feels friendly, you know, and it's specific. So warm, specific, friendly, and then just kind of see if you can get a volley going. You know, you want to answer their question, then ask a question, but be Mm -hmm. very specific in your answer. Yeah, I like that. And it it does come down to being specific and clear, real. And also, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have clarity, if you don't go within and figure out who am I? Right. (laughs) And what do I stand for? Yeah. And that's one of the best things you do is that you encourage people to focus on who you are, what's great about you, what makes you amazing and you highlight their gifts. Yeah, absolutely. And then that kind of informs how you're going to ask questions during the date. Like how, what questions are you asking on dates one, two, three and beyond to help figure out whether you're aligned with someone, not just like, again, this is the Disney problem. We, we hope for a connection and then hope we can just, the rest will fall into place. And we know statistically with the divorce rate that that really isn't working. So we need to figure out if we're aligned with someone on the bigger stuff faster. Mm. You, you figure out what your core values are. Are they family? Are they personal growth? Humor can be a core value, mm-hmm. honesty, integrity, adventure, you know, what are your core tenants? And then come up with questions based around those, right. you know, and, and then you can really see, like, you can ask someone, Hey, where you're from, where are you from? And do you have a big family? And then, you know, that's easy. People can talk about their family. Then you ask, and who are you in your family? Like, what role do you play in your family? Because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm the black sheep. Oh, I'm the, you know, I'm the class clown or, oh, I'm the fixer or I'm the, you know, I'm the middleman. Now we're getting some real juice. We're getting some real information. And, and does family really, is, is it important to this person? Once you start to sort of like plot your, your questions and you can weave them in during dates, then all of a sudden you're, you're really 
gaining some traction here to see if there's any real possibility. I think one of the first times you came on the show, you said to me, Carry your unicorn. And I said, why? And you said, because you just believed 100% that you would mm-hmm. find love. And yes. where did that come from? Like you were like, I want to know more about this. Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. And where it came from was I felt because I had put so much in my past relationships that karmically I was due for a break. That, mm-hmm. you know, what goes down must come up and it's the ebb and flow of life that something good had to come to me from all the good that I was, you know, I tried and it didn't yeah. work out. I'm curious when you talk to people, is it convincing them that it's possible the biggest hurdle? Deep down, deep, deep, deep down, most of us have a limiting belief that we're just not worthy of the kind of love we really, really, really want. Mm. We have to drill down, we have to figure out where that comes from. And we can usually figure it out, you know, and I can usually help my clients figure it out, whether it was sometime at some point growing up, you know, this horrible relationship with a mother or a father or something happened. It doesn't have to be huge or it's a past relationship. Mm-hmm. There was betrayal or we feel broken in that way. Like we want to believe we want to, but how do we really get there? I can see when a client's self-sabotaging, right? I can see that they're making up excuses why this person who's really great you know, oh, he has a bald spot or, oh, no, his clothes were bad. Or I can tell, right? I'm like, okay, do you see what you're doing? Mm. But, but then we have to drill down. What's underneath that? Oh, what's underneath that? And most of the time when you get to the very root of it, it's that limiting belief. So just, just being aware, are you avoiding the dating scene? You know, are you, oh, I don't have enough time or, mm. oh, I don't think there are good people on there or I don't meet anyone interesting. I don't, no one good is in my town, right? Like those statements are a clue that like, wait, hold on. I'm getting in my own way here. Mm. It really is just the awareness of what you're doing. And then self-love is the answer to like self-care, self-love and learning to love yourself and self-compassion. I mean, that's a lot of what I, the work I do with clients because you can't have blind faith in the universe if you don't believe you're worthy of it. That was my original inspiration for this episode was you had a client who was doing all the right things and she was so frustrated that she was working out and trying and swiping and communicating. Mm-hmm. She felt so frustrated with the process in herself. This was a block she created. So yeah. Talk about this self-compassion piece and why it's so important. First of all, we're a really effort-based like generation, a, a bunch of generations of effort-based people. We, we think that the more we do, the more we're going to get back. The thing is, it's like we have to take a look at all of our pain points. We have to take a look at the wounds that we have because otherwise they're going to march right into the next relationship. It's amazing to me how few people really, when you really ask them, it's like, you know, what, what is that voice in your head? That I, it's a question on my intake form. The voice in your head is A, mostly negative. B, so somewhere in the middle. C, mostly positive. And D, my best friend. No one says my best friend. Most, I would say 90% of everybody checks the very first box. The voice in my head is, is not a good friend. It's, it's someone who's just super negative. So just being aware of that. Like, are we walking around and like saying, oh, in our head, right? Oh, this will never work. Oh, you look terrible today. Oh, the voice in your head's not you. And I think that's what meditation has taught me over a decade. It's like, 
that voice in your head, that is conditioning from growing up. That is like your mom. That is your whoever it is that planted those seeds. And we have got to like reverse engineer it. We've got to like start to like tamper that down and replace that with some good thoughts about ourselves. The only way to do that is to have a practice of self-love, self-compassion, where you start to rewire it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. In the rewiring, your mission now is to bring back fun and dating. Yes, yes, right. So when you start to rewire and you start to say, I'm pretty awesome. I don't know if you follow Mel Robbins at all. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's just all about giving yourself a high five in the mirror or like looking in the mirror and being like, oh my God, you're awesome. I actually do that. It's so weird when you first start doing it, but like in the morning, like just that little practice of just just high-fiving yourself. And and really, if you have a win during the day, even if it's a small win, celebrate the win. Once you're on that path, you know, if mm-hmm. you're mired in negativity, it's really hard to have fun in dating. Like you're just not going to have fun. It's like, oh, it's, it feels like drudgery. But once you start kind of like digging yourself a little and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty awesome. This is like, I can do this. Then just having fun and poking fun at yourself on a date and just like, having a little levity and, you know, not, not being so hard on yourself, you know, just like, Hey, I'm going to connect with this person. It doesn't have to be so hard. No, it doesn't. And if it means you have to pretend you're Kristen Wiig or whatever, just to have. <laughs> oh, a, now you're speaking my language. Oh, have I a little. Her. I do too. But you yeah. know, just channel a character. I'm serious. Like channel inspiration to shift your energy. Totally. Like, yeah, it's time to party. No, but like, <laughs> literally, like, I would, I wouldn't bust out a, a Kristen Wiig imitation on a first day, but I would say, like, I would say, oh my God, like, who is your, what's your type of funny? I'd be like, Kristen Wiig is mine. And maybe there's was, there's is Steve Carell or there is, you know, Will Ferrell or whatever their type of funny is. I mean, that just even acknowledging that and like having a laugh over, you know, what's the funny movie that you can watch on repeat because it just brings you joy. It's like just introducing that topic on a date turns the date into fun and we can connect on that stuff. So I think like just kind of steering it away from a job interview Mm. and sort of bringing back sort of more of the human, like what, what would you talk about with a girlfriend? You know, like what are the topics? And so I give my clients like a whole list of just like tons of questions. And some of them are, you know, like when's the last time you laughed until you cried? What was that moment for you? You know, just Mm -hmm. like lots of different questions. No, it's so true. You can really really connect over laughter. It is a superpower, truthfully. Yeah. I have my clients take this core values quiz before we work together. And like, it's kind of wild how many people like humor is number one. It comes out as a core value. Like I never had thought about humor that way. That really can be the connective tissue in in a, a great relationship. And in fact, it's so important to most people yet we're not really highlighting that on dates. We're trying to we're trying to be super serious and super impressive. No, just share a laugh. I love that. Well, I love this direction of this episode. And it's your positive energy. Like you always keep it light and upbeat. And sometimes like I'm more, I'm like, I want the hard hitting questions because I want to help people so much. But this is such an amazing take because it's like laugh the more self-effacing you can be, the more you can make fun of yourself. It's the most endearing quality. Like Mm. it really is just not forgetting that and and infusing a little bit that a bit, bit of that and inviting that on a date. 
like if you're clumsy or if you're just like, oh gosh, like on the way to the state, I literally, like for me, I can't find my way out of the paper bag for real. I'm missing the chip. So <laughs> Google Maps is like my best friend and I always have my AirPods in so it doesn't seem so obvious. But like, I would say that on the date, I'd be like, oh, good thing I made it here because I'm missing that chip, you know? And it's like the ability to, to do that is important. And just to be honest, like where you're flawed, people love flaws. And yeah. you should see me travel alone. How many people I need to ask in an airport? Oh, well, I mean, I, yeah, no, it's not even, I, that's why I'm like obsessively early for things. Cause yes. I'm so worried about not knowing where I am. Like it's bizarre, but whatever. Oh, I love it. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, I'm so glad you came back on Shot at Love. Where can yay. people, yay, where can people find out more about you or follow you on social media? Pretty much um, on my website, which is loveamy.co, uh, not com.co. I've got all my stuff on there and on Instagram, it's love.amy.nyc. And um, all my contact information is on the website. But I, I love, I literally, just you're my favorite. I love being on, on your show. Oh, well, we love having you. So <laughs> <laughs> expect to come back. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for everything you shared. And I'm sure it's going to uplift a lot of people. So thanks. Thanks, Carrie. And for now, this week, Shot at Love dating tips that are inspired by our guest, the founder of Love Amy, Amy Nobly. Number one, people are attracted to you by the energy you admit. Amy can predict with precision how successful you'll be online by how positive or negative your energy is. Number two, come from a bigger place of yes, because it's a numbers game. And if you're looking for any excuse, you'll miss a lot of people. Number three, what do you want? Put it in your profile. There is too much generic stuff out there. Don't be afraid to find your own kind of weird. Number four, on a date, ask questions you wished others would ask you. That way, you'll learn something and see if you're aligned. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this show, which airs five days a week on Power Me Up Radio, Talk 24-7, the station with heart on iHeart. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>